Turn again to the scriptures this morning, Judges chapter 7. And we have been now for some weeks, three, four, I don't know, preaching through these first eight verses. And each week we have read them again, I hope with continuing and enlarging understanding each week as we read. And so we read again this morning, Judges chapter 7, and the same eight verses. Then Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the spring of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Moree in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many. For me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vault themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people 20 and 2,000. And there remained 10,000. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people under the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that bowed down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men that lapped will I save you. And deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go, every man, unto his place. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets. And he sent all the rest of Israel, every man, unto his tent and retained those 300 men. And the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. <laughs> if you will, stand with me again, please, and turn to 503, and we sing together 503. 
Kind are the words that Jesus speaks To cheer the drooping saint My grace sufficient is for you Though nature's powers may faint My grace its glory shall display And make your griefs remove Your weakness shall the triumphs tell of boundless power and love. What though my griefs are not removed, yet why should I despair? For if my Savior's arms support I can the burden bear. O Thou my Savior and my Lord, Tis good to trust Thy name, Thy power, Thy faithfulness and love will ever be the same. Weak as I am, though through thy grace I all things can perform, and smiling triumph in thy name. Amid the raging storm. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. As we take up our text of study this morning, Just by way of refreshing your memory, you'll remember that Gideon, as we come to this text, Gideon has blown the trumpet of war, chapter 6 and verse 34. And as a result of that, some 32,000 men had assembled themselves around him and pitched chapter 7 and verse 1, pitched near the spring of Harad. While at the same time the great hosts of Midianites have assembled, verse 12 tells us, like grasshoppers in multitude. Verse 1 tells us they've assembled on the north side of them, at least 135,000 men 
in number. Under these frightful odds and straining no doubt in the heat of this latest struggle, finally the Lord speaks to Gideon. But it was in last week's message we saw what it was that he would say to Gideon in this frightful aspect that he finds himself. He comes to Gideon and he says, the people that are with me, Gideon, are too many. Hmm. What a shocking word must this have been. What a new trial of faith must this have been. What a new test of his resolve to continue to follow this angel with a capital A. But as we saw, he met the challenge manfully. That's a wonderful old word, isn't it? That's almost gone from our usage these days to do a thing manfully. He met the challenge manfully and he obeyed the law as it was laid down. I showed you all last week in the book of the law in Deuteronomy. He's followed the book of the law and he laid out to these men the, the open door for them to leave. Verse 3, whosoever's fearful and afraid and 22,000 of his army Deserted their post. And the Hebrew literal translation of what they did is they retreated and maneuvered around earth. <laughs> Quite significant wording. So what now? What now is Gideon to do? Surely, 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 he must needs hear the Lord speak. Oh, oh, how often. How often do we, like Gideon, find ourselves struggling under some surprising providence that leaves our flesh reeling hanging, as it were, on a bare thread of simple faith. We look and we see, examine ourselves, and we can say, we've obeyed, as Gideon could say. We can look at our testimony and say, we have complied with all our hearts to God's instructions as best we know how as Gideon could testify. 
We look and we find that we're in the place where he told us to be. That we've even obeyed the hard laws. The ones that seem to cost us dear. As Gideon did. We've done all of that. And now, here we find ourselves, like Gideon, in a desperate situation and in desperate need to hear the voice of our God again. So then, this is the place in which we find our hero here in the text when we come to verse 4. As surely as our need is to hear from our God, just as surely He will speak. Oh, but what will He say? Verse 4. The Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. <laughs> oh, do you understand? Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, he's in he's in desperate need for God to speak to him right now. The twenty two thousand have deserted. And there's this host of Midian there. And he needs to hear from God. Well, what will he say? <laughs> oh, here's what he says. There's too many. Only 10,000 men remain against 135,000 bloodthirsty, well-armed Midianites. And yet God says, the people are yet too many. Hmm. This, by the way, 10,000, this is exactly the number that the Lord approved of earlier in chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 10 to destroy Sisera and the Gentile hordes. This is exactly the number that the Lord had used before. So why not now? I'm sure Gideon wondered. Oh, may I just press again on your hearts today the lesson that I sought to press on your heart last week. Gideon must move from faith to faith. The people are yet, yet too many. Gideon must move from faith to faith. Yesterday's victories are only stepping stones to, the, to today's trials. Did you hear me? Yesterday's victories are only stepping stones for today's trials. Yesterday's faith is only the precursor to today's needs. 
Gideon soul desperately needs to hear from this angel now. And so he does. Oh, but this voice resounds again with the same message as before. It's too many. Lest Israel vault themselves. Step on up, Gideon. In faith, step on up says the Lord, while I reduce you further. <laughs> you hear me? Step on up while I reduce you further. Oh, I thought of Job when I thought of dear Gideon's heart in this place. I thought of Job's testimony. Step on up, Job. Step on up while I reduce your family. Job, step on up and give me glory. Step on up and trust me. Step on up while I reduce your wealth. Job, step on up. Go from faith to faith. Step on up while I take and reduce your health. You remember it is the book of Job, chapter 2 and verse 4, where we find that verse, that all that a man hath will he give for his life. <laughs> step on up, Job. Step on up. While I reduce your health. Step on up Job. While I reduce your station. You're no longer the envy of the nation. You're no longer the big man in this town. You'll sit in the streets. And scrape your sores with potsherds. And be looked on as an outcast of the earth. Step on up Job. While I reduce you. Further. So Gideon says, Okay, Lord, so what must I do? What must I do? What must I do? No doubt, though the words were not penned by the Holy Spirit as yet, no doubt Gideon's heart inside is crying out in the words of Mark 9 and verse 24, I believe, Lord. Oh, help my unbelief. I believe. Help my unbelief. It's still too many, Lord. Help my unbelief while I struggle on. Jamison, Fawcett, and Brown surely got it right when they said, It is scarcely possible to conceive of a severer trial than this one.
to attack the overwhelming forces of this enemy with only a handful of followers and those utterly unarmed. And yet this is exactly what God would have Gideon do. Oh, blessed Gideon. Oh, blessed Gideon. His mind, no doubt, was reeling under the shock. His faith was trembling under the load. Oh, no doubt that every faculty of his mind is strained to try to comprehend and comply. But notice, he's not stumbling blindly in the darkness of a total eclipse. Oh, no. <laughs> you see, this is the man that by faith had only recently by faith and only and, and obedience saw fire come out of a rock and consume his offering. This is the man who saw a bloodthirsty mob turned into a whimpering rabble nonplussed by the words of a fellow idolater. This is the man that saw in chapter 6 Every known law of God's universe turned upside down on its head, not only once but twice. And the very dews of heaven obeyed this voice that speaks to him now. This is the man who has already moved from faith to faith. Time and time and time again. And it is from the lofty peaks of this journey that he's asked now to, to do it again. To survey the field and test him one more time. I said he's not coming. He's not looking from the darkness of a total eclipse. This is a man that has climbed from faith to faith to faith to faith. Matthew Henry said it when he said Gideon himself. Gideon himself, it is likely, thought there were too few, though they were as many as Barak encountered Syria with in chapter 4, and had he not forced his way through the discouragements by dint of faith, he himself would have started back from so hazardous an enterprise and would have made the best of his own way back. But God said, they are too many. And when diminished to a third part, they are yet too many, which may help us, he says, to understand those providences which sometimes seem to weaken the church and its interests. Its friends are too many, too mighty, too wise for God to work a deliverance by. God is taking a course to lessen them that he may be exalted. 
Oh, and if we could, if we had the opportunity and power to stand beside Gideon at this moment and whisper in his ear, we'd say to him, Gideon, trust him again. Trust him again. Trust him again. He has not failed thee hitherto, and he will not fail thee now. Isaiah 55 and verse 8, his thoughts are not our thoughts. <laughs> oh, step up, Gideon, and trust him again. Trust him again. Sometimes, like Elijah's poor servant, Elijah's poor servant in 1 Kings and 18, sometimes he'll send us up again and again and again and see nothing with the flesh eyes. Seven times, 1 Kings 18, seven times that poor servant was sent up and God worked a miracle. Oh, like that faithful servant of Elijah's, I say to you this morning, saint of God, I say to you, just keep on going. Just keep on obeying. God will not fail. And a great rain is a coming if only we keep on obeying. Romans 4 and verse 20, Gideon, oh Gideon, oh brother Gideon, stagger not at the promises of God. Even those early promises, remember chapter 6 and verse 14, he said, I'm going to give you these Midianites. I'm going to give you those early promises. Stagger not, Gideon, but press on. Press on. Press on now, my brother. Exodus 14 and 13, stand still. Gideon, see the salvation of the Lord. Oh, yes, says Gideon. I will, Lord. I will submit myself to yet more reduction. I will submit myself. But Lord, how shall I do it? Verse 4. Bring them down to the water. And I will try them for thee there. I will try them for thee there. This word try in the Hebrew is the word that refers to the testing of metals, proofing. Verse 7 tells us again of our Lord's ultimate, ultimate design. He's going to, in the words of verse 7, save you. Mm. 
He's going to save you. And so then, to that end, he will try the metals. All the metals, all the blades that are to be used in this conquest that he will employ to this task must first be tried. And listen now, listen. And that by the angel. Capital A. By the angel himself. Oh, we have long since in this nation been in an age where God's church has been too quick to thrust into battle all and any who would rush up to enlist in their ranks at the first blow of the trumpet. Sinners have been enlisted. Ministers have been enlisted in the ministry. And they were never tried, tested for their metal. But I say to you that when the battle is to be engaged, and that battle is the Lord's, 1 Samuel 17, 47, then his weapons must be tried and that by himself. By himself. I'll not take the time for the lengthy reading I was going to, but you read it for yourself. First Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Deacons must be proved. Dokimazo. Tested. Examined. Gideon, I'm sure, in my own mind, Gideon found the whole of that original 32,000 very acceptable and was glad for their presence. They had, after all, volunteered, had they not? But God was the wiser. And now, even the 10,000 remaining whose courage had not failed them at the offer of verse 4, these now must be tested. And listen now, listen. These must be tested and not by Gideon, whose fallibility could not be trusted, but must be tested by the Lord himself. Bring them down to the water, Gideon. I'm going to test them myself. (laughs) Well, can I just pause right there, saint, and bring an alarm bell to your soul when God sets out testing. It'll not be of man. God will test his men. And it'll not be of man. It'll be God's hands.
Many have been the volumes written and varied have been the plethora of speculations on the details of verse 5 through 7. The lapping of the water versus the kneeling down. Men who knelt, men who didn't kneel. Men who lapped, men who didn't lap. All of the speculation. There's been great speculation as to who was what and who did what and what it all meant. And as in my usual manner, I would pass by these speculative waters and leave them undisturbed. And press on your heart today the only thing of which I am sure and about which there can be no controversy. And that is that when the time for testing comes, it remains for God to specify the method. He knows the heart and he retains to himself the sovereign right of how to test it. Mm. Gideon was not invited to make any suggestions. <laughs> no, no. No suggestions. There's no indication in this passage that e even that even Gideon was provided with any explanation of how all this worked or what it meant. In fact, verse 4 seems to indicate to the contrary. Because he goes on to say to him, now listen to me, in spite of what you see or what you think about what you see, if I tell you a man's going, he's going. And if I tell you he's not going, he's not going. So it's very unlikely that Gideon even understood all of this test. <laughs> You see, all of this is the doings of our God. And in the words of the wonderful poet, God is his own interpreter. William Cowper said in 1774, God is his own interpreter and he, he will make it plain. Oh, who can counsel the Almighty? Who can instruct his ways? When he sets about to qualify his servants, only the purest metal will remain. Only 300 are left. And God designed the test. What will you have me do, Lord? Just take them down to the water, Gideon. I'm going to test them now. Oh, can I say it to you again, saint? When God sends you down to the water, it's He that's doing the testing. You don't have to worry about what men say. You don't have to worry about what the pastor thinks. You don't have to worry about what the tribunal votes. 
God will take you to the water. And it'll be him doing the testing. When he sets about to qualify his servants, God will do the testing. And only 300, only 300 will qualify to do this job. God will receive all the glory. Hallelujah. I have to think, and it's only my speculation, but I speculate at the end of verse 4 that the reason those words were said to Gideon is I have a feeling the Lord picked the most unlikely ones. He's continuing to reduce Gideon's power. Humanly speaking, that is in the eyes of the flesh. If I could but put this whole message in one verse of scripture for you, it would be in the words of John 3 and 30. In the words of that ever blessed John the Baptist said he must increase and I must decrease. That's the whole message. That's the whole message. Indeed, he will increase proportionally as I decrease. And I will decrease proportionally as he increases. Gideon and all of Israel must learn this. And this is the law that we must learn. Flesh and blood must not be thought to have won this battle. But oh, how slow are we and how reluctant to find ourselves where Gideon was. Oh, how my flesh kicks against it. Every time I see something on the horizon that it looks like it might be a reducing factor. Oh, I'm shifting and moving to do something to stop it. How reluctant we are. Oh, God, give me the heart of blessed Gideon. He might have been straining. He might have been struggling. He might have been shaking under the weight. He might have been in turmoil of soul. I don't know. But I know this. At the end of it all, he always said, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll do it. And he took them down to the water. Oh, how reluctant we are to find ourselves. In Gideon's shoes. Could I just give you a word of counsel here, my sainted friend? God designs his own tests. God sees into the inmost character of all his soldiers. And he knows exactly what's needed to best glorify his own honor. He will design the tests.
some of these ladies are teachers. And I remember in my day, in the modern day, I see it everywhere. Teachers have a prescribed curriculum. And in part, the part of that is that they send them the tests. In my day, teacher wrote her own test. It was her class. It was her material. She knew what she wanted. And she wrote the test. And you're going to have to reckon with her. <laughs> Can I just tell you, Saint, you better hear me now. Some of you better be listening to me. God designs his own tests. And when he comes down to the water, you're going to reckon with him. Three hundred is less than one percent of the original thirty-two thousand. But these three hundred are God's tested vessels. These will suffice to meet the demands of his glory. Finally this morning, notice with me in closing, even these chosen, even these chosen as they are by God himself, ready as they are to serve, Yet, even they must first be fitted out. Verse 8, So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets. And he sent them, all the rest of Israel, every man, unto his tent, retained those 300 men. Even these 300 must be fitted out. And I could not make point better than Matthew Henry did. He said it all before us, I think, when he said this. Let us see how this little <laughs> despicable regiment on which the Stress of the action must lie. Let us see how these were accrued and fitted out. Had these 300 been double manned with servants and attendants and double armed with swords and spears, we should have thought them the more likely to bring something to pass. But instead of making them more serviceable by their equipage, they were made less so. You're going to fit out 300 men to go down there and face this army. What are you going to fit them with? Matthew Henry says, number one, every soldier 
was turned to butler. Every soldier turns butler. They took victuals in their hand, left their bag and baggage behind, and every man burdened himself with his own provisions, which was a trial of their faith, whether they could trust God when they had no more provisions with them than what they could carry. And a trial of their diligence, whether they would carry as much as the occasion required. Do you get it? Here he says it in a single line. This was living from hand to mouth. (laughs) Oh, Gideon, let me tell you how I want you to equip these men out. Tell them to get some food. Take (laughs) Every soldier's turned butler. And then secondly, he says, every soldier is turned trumpeter. The regiment, the regiments that were left, their trumpets behind for the use of these 300 men who were furnished with these instead of weapons of war as if they had been going rather to a game than a battle. Says Henry, in summarization, every man is turned butler and every soldier is turned trumpeter. What a rabble this must have appeared to that unbelieving mob of Midianite soldiers. But oh, how sovereignly equipped is the army of our God. Oh, look again. Look again, my sainted friend. Look again and see the people of God's own choosing set about on God's own terms to do God's own bidding with only God's own power as their sword and shield. Nothing but the power of God are they equipped with. Every man's turned into a butler and every soldier's turned into a trumpet. God is equipping his army. Oh, we'll see it later, God willing, if I live. But what a mighty victory God wrought with this band of butlers and trumpeters. (laughs) Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Doing God's bidding, just obeying by faith. It couldn't be more simple, could it? But it couldn't be more difficult. Everything in us says no, 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 no. Every time God comes with another reduction, we say no, 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 that can't be the way. (laughs) 
And now this morning as we close, close out these verses. I know I've left a lot behind. I'm sure many of you have had great thoughts, and I hope you have. I hope the Spirit of God has helped you. And you've had great thoughts, and I've left much behind. But I'll close out these verses this time and close out this scene. But before we leave, there is a chilling reminder left us as if the specter of death closes this scene before our very eyes. Verse 8, and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. God has readied his force, but the enemy is still there. Faith and faith alone must champion this field. Just a little reminder, the Holy Spirit sticks right here at the end of verse 8. Because we could easily, by faith, we could go out of verse 8 shouting, God has read it in our But then the Holy Spirit reminds us, but those Midianites are still down there in that valley. Faith and faith alone must champion this field. Turn with me, please. And stand with me and let's sing together in closing hymn number 509. Thou lovely source of true delight, unseen whom I adore, unveil thy beauties to my sight that I may love thee more. Stand with me and let's sing 509. The lovely source of true delight, unseen whom I adore, unveil the beauties to my sight that I may love thee more. Thy glory, O creation, shines, but in thy sacred word I read in fairer, brighter lines my bleeding, dying Lord. Tis here whene'er my comforts droop 
and sins and sorrows rise. Thy love with cheerful beams of hope, my fainting heart supplies. But ought to soon the pleasing scene is clouded o'er with pain. My gloomy fears arise between, and I again complain. Jesus, my Lord, my life, my light, O oh, come with blissful rain, break radiant through the shades of night, and chase my fears away. Then shall my soul with rapture trace the wonders of thy love. Then shall I see thy glorious face in endless joy.